Hello, thank you for listening to this podcast. My name is Stephen Cook, and this is a talk based on 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 to the end. If you've got a Bible handy, you might find it helpful to have a look at it first or to have it open while you're listening. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So I was thinking about this, I found that famous song by Foreigner going round in my head. I want to know what love is. I'm not going to sing it. It's a sort of smoochy number they often play towards the end of parties. The internet being a wonderful thing, I looked up the lyrics and so often with these really well-known songs, they're so disappointing, but the words do mean something. I've got to take a little time, a little time to think things over. I better read between the lines in case I need it when I'm older. Now this mountain I must climb feels like the world upon my shoulders. Through the clouds I see love shine, keeps me warm as life grows colder. In my life there's been heartache and pain, I don't know if I can face it again. Can't stop now, I've travelled so far to change this lonely life. I want to know what love is, I want you to show me. I want to feel what love is, I know you can show me. I suppose what you can say about that song, apart from the fact that it has a great tune, is that it captures something of the longings of the human heart. Those couples snuggling up to one another in the debris of the disco, longing for love and believing or hoping they might find it in one another. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. It's obviously not a substitute for romantic love, but it is a different way of loving, a different pattern. Greater love has no one than this, said Jesus, but to lay down your life for your friends. You are my friends. Have this mind among yourselves, says St Paul, which is yours in Christ Jesus. This is how we know what love is. The death of a broken man on a cross and an empty tomb three days later. That's the pattern for our life and our relationships. That is how we should love one another. How on earth would that work out in practice? Well, it goes on. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Well, there is a meeting of rubber and road. I have plenty of material possessions. You're in need. How am I going to love you? Fine words and sympathy? I love you after the pattern of Jesus by dying a little. I give up something precious to me to bless you. And here's a key thing about this. Jesus knew that beyond the cross lay the resurrection. I don't think he ever spoke about one without the other. He laid down his life in order to take it up again. Our dying to ourselves is an act of faith. We believe that as we bless others with our time, our possessions, ourselves, so God will bless us. It's not as crude as the TV evangelist telling us that for every dollar we give to the church we'll get ten back. It rarely works like that. But we do believe it's a way of life, not death, to be generous. If you seek to keep your life, you'll lose it, said Jesus. But if you give up your life, you will keep it. So this kind of love is rarely about actually dying, well, it can be. It's about letting go of our claim on our own life and seeking the flourishing of the other person. Then he talks about what we call conscience. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and God knows everything. 
Unless you have a particular mental illness, you will have within you a sense that some things are right and others are wrong. Some of it is just cultural, shaking hands, queuing, etc., and will vary from country to country. Some will have been instilled in us from childhood, saying thank you and giving up your seat on the train, not talking with your mouthful, etc. Some come from deeper down, a sense of justice and truth, a belief that some actions are fundamentally wrong. Our conscience can be distorted or blunted or twisted, but at its best, it's part of being made in the image of God. This ability to know right from wrong. The Bible teaches that as we come to know God, so our innate sense of right and wrong is recalibrated to what it should be. Our understanding of what we should be doing and not doing comes closer to the truth. One of the reasons we don't talk about conscience very much is that we have become very sensitive to the kindred concept of guilt and we're aware of the way in which over the centuries guilt has been used to manipulate and control people. The Bible is quite clear that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Asked St Paul. If the judges said we're innocent, who are we to any or anyone else to come to a different judgment? I think what I'm going to say next is very important. I'd like you to pay close attention. And if your mind's wandered off, please gather it up and bring it back. God does not condemn us. Therefore, if you're feeling condemned, it does not come from God. By condemnation, I mean a general's criticism you could do nothing about. You're useless, you're a waste of space, a loser, failure as a Christian, as a person. You will never be any better, however hard you try, because you'll always fail. You're weak, empty and hopeless. Those kind of thoughts do not come from God. God convicts, but does not condemn. Conviction feels very different. I should stop doing this. I should start doing that. I want to be a better person, and this will be a step along the road. I need to say sorry for what I've done. All these things can be the promptings of a healthy conscience, and the more you walk with God, the more of these kind of promptings there will be. Condemnation weighs us down and ties us up. Conviction liberates us and sets us on the right road. Condemnation is laid on us by ourselves or others. Conviction is God's gift because God loves us. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. So condemnation is replaced by confidence. It's like the difference between a child who has a good relationship with their parents and one who has a bad relationship. One will be afraid to ask for anything because they will expect a rebuke. The other will ask confidently because they know their parents want the best for them and are on their side. Excuse my dog barking in the background. There's a difference between confident and cocky. It'd be wrong to be cocky in God's presence. That would be to demote him and take him for granted. But God wants to approach with confidence. It's his gift to us. And he ends this little passage where he started. We know what God wants. God wants us to love one another. That is the great command which governs all the others. If we keep that one, all the others will follow on. So do you want to know what love is? It's a profound question. I'm guessing that Mick Jones, who wrote that song, probably thought of the chorus first and fitted the verses around it. But somehow in doing so, he didn't lose that heart-tugging longing that human beings have to love and be loved. 
In that we have the one true example set for us by Jesus, who laid down his life for us and calls us in faith and trust to lay down our lives in the service of the world he loves. We can know what love is because we know God's love for us. We can work that out in the service of other people. We can have our consciences set right as we draw close to God. We can know conviction rather than condemnation and we can come to God with confidence because of that. May God bless this word to us. Amen.